Five, four, three, two, one. Do we have any goals this season? Absolutely. We're going to win a lot of games. We're going to get in the playoffs. Touchdown, Bears! The Bears are what we thought they were. Go Bears! Bears Nation. We have a young football team. We're going to figure out how to finish and how to close games. We'll have a plan for that. There's just something that, that needs to be done, something that needs to be changed, needs to be fixed. We all need to look ourselves in the mirror and figure out how, what we can do to make this team better and ultimately win ball games. I'm tired of hearing, oh, we're getting better. We're going in the right direction, but we keep losing. As players and as a team, we, we want to win. We want to figure it out. Don't lose faith, guys. I don't lose. I win. It's time for the Bears Nation podcast with your hosts, Kevin Lapka and Jake Hassan. Get ready for a lot of fun and excitement. Powered by, powered by, powered by Bet, Bet, Bet Stamp. Strap it in. I know you're going to dig this. It's Bears Nation, baby. To the Batmobile. Let's go. Bears Nation podcast, and yes, I've got the sand head on. It is Christmas time, six days away. Myself, Kevin Lapko, alongside Kellen Garrison and Jake Hassan, joining in a couple minutes. He is stuck on the train, but he will be here to break down Bears-Eagles. A close game, 25-20. I called, I'm just saying, I said, don't be surprised if the Bears win into that. But I also was like, I think they're going to keep it close. They did that. With much thanks to the quarterback, Justin Fields, and the magic that he continues to make week after week. We'll break down that much more. The Pro Bowl rosters are revealed on Wednesday. We'll break down who we think from the Bears can make that. Plus an updated breakdown of the draft strategy as the Bears get very lucky that the Brett Ripon-led Broncos win a game vaulting the Bears up to number two in the draft order. So a lot to break down as it pertains to what the Bears are going to do with the draft after week 15. Kelly Garrison, how are we doing? I'm good, man. I'm good. You know, another game how I I thought it would go, uh, as in the Bears lose. It was a lot closer. You know, me and you always text during the game. And, uh, you know, after the DHC interception yesterday, I was like, are we going to win? And you were like, we could. And we're honestly, you know, every, all of these games, which is so crazy because I made a bet with my friend that the Bears pick that they traded Claypool for would not be a top 40 pick. Mm-hmm. And I've obviously lost that bet now. But the Bears could have beat the Dolphins. The Bears could have beat the Falcons. Absolutely. The Bears probably shouldn't have beaten the Eagles, but they could have yesterday. But like the games like the Dolphins and the games like the Falcons, Lions. like the Vikings, the Lions, like these are all games that like one snap, one stupid decision, one stupid flag away, like the Bears having five, six, seven wins now. And obviously hindsight's twenty twenty, but um, good for the Bears, man. Keep on losing and keep on showing <laughs> that the, the Bears have their franchise quarterback uh, who was throwing to Simba Webster yesterday, uh-huh. which is just ludicrous um and i said and and like i'm not a hater or anything i said like after i went to <laughs> after i went to uh where'd i go uh up to lake forest to watch the bears camp i was like yeah simple webster is probably gonna make this roster just because he, he moves really well he's pretty he's, he's small but he's pretty quick he'll probably be a team's player but here he is catching passes um and we get the best team in the nfl <laughs> yeah man like it's just not good out there right now but we're, we're dealing with it so it's interesting you say that because that was sort of my first question slash thought. You know, you had Jalen Hurts play uh, a game in which he rushed three times, but, you know, were they spectacular? No, they got to the one-yard line. And here, I got to ask you this first. 
I think the NFL this offseason is going to outlaw teams being able to push the quarterback in, you know, the way that the Eagles did three times yesterday, and it happened on Sunday Night Football. It happens, like, on pretty much every fourth and one situation in the NFL now. You know, you get this formation. I, I hadn't seen this formation that the Eagles did until Sunday, where they're basically in what looks like a QB Neal formation, where you got Jalen Hurts under center, and then right to the left and right of him, just, you know, on like a 45-degree angle, you got a running back. You got, like, two running backs. They call hike, he pushes, and then the running back's just, like, Deck them in. They just deck them in. It's like, that is like impossible to stop. And it just seems like every team is doing it now from fourth and one. And yeah, like at some, like, sure. For the first, the first people that did it, great. You were smart enough to realize that that works. But if you have all 32 teams in the league doing it and the fourth and one, you know, success rates are up to 90%. I don't know if that's really true, but you know, if they get up there because teams are catching on, you got to think that the NFL probably would want to make a change like that, right? Like call, like call it an illegal formation or something. I don't know what the possible, you know, you know no, amendment they would, they to the would, would be. They but. would add they would add it to aiding the runner. So you can't you can't pull a runner in like you can't pull him forward. So if like I'm a lineman and I'm right. running back, I can't pull him. I can push him. So they would just add the push to that. But I don't think they will just because then you have to outlaw it on like any part of the game like it can't just be on quarterback sneaks in my opinion i mean maybe you can but that would just be weird to me so then like if it's like first and 15 and a guy's pushing the pile to get to like second and seven you know is that then now is that legal but you're, you're right, you are right. right in the fact that it is kind of like op op right <laughs> you know? it's op uh but back to the original point right you know Jalen hurts rushes for three touchdowns you know 364 yards but you know no passing touchdowns and a couple blemishes on the resume there from sunday two interceptions and i was going to pose the question like legitimately when you when you take into consideration what each time is dealing with the, the with you know eq st brown you know going out in the first quarter and then having to deal with you know and Simba webster byron pringle Nikhil Harry was, uh, you know, uh, healthy. He wasn't healthy scratch. He was out with a back injury, but he wasn't active on Sunday. And, and that receiver core, and what Justin Fields did with them versus, you know, okay, Jalen Hurts has Devontae Smith. He has one of the best receivers in the league in A.J. Brown. Given the context, given the factors, consider it, like taking in consideration all those things, was Justin Fields the better quarterback on Sunday? To close, it's... Again, when you take into consideration, like uh, for those who are like, well, that's just an insane question. Flip it. Give Justin Fields AJ Brown. Just give him Devonta Smith. He doesn't need AJ. If, Jav- if Devonta Smith was on the Bears sideline on Sunday, yeah, he would have been the best quarterback on the field and by a mile. But without those guys, I still thought he he almost played a better game. It I mean, was close. It was pretty dang close. For those who are like, well, you know, close means nothing. That's the MVP on the other side of the field against one of the best defenses in the NFL. Like, I would, I, I think, I given the the situation, given the situation, and, and given what was going on, who, who was playing receiver for the Bears. I know you made a, you sent me a text earlier in the day that was funny that you can repeat after this, but I think given all those factors, Justin Fields was the better quarterback on Sunday. Yeah, it's everything comes with context, right? And yeah. yeah, it's it's he is in an awful situation and Hertz is in maybe the best. Like it is it is it's comparable to what Mahomes had, you know, in the 2018 to 20 20 years or whatever, right? But I don't think I don't think it's 
we are still like in the business of calling talent talent. So Justin Fields is more talented than Jalen Hurts. Like it was that way in college. It, you know, I think it's been that way as far as right now, Justin Fields is doing what he's doing in his second year, making the plays that he's making, right? Like right. Jalen Hurts is in, you know, year two of his system. He gained AJ Brown, right? So everything for him is just building right now. There's nothing, I mean, Justin Fields is stacking great performances on top of each other, but there's no, there's nothing like every week that's keeping him or, or even like looking forward. Like there's not really anything to be like, you know what, this is really getting me going. Like he's just going out there and playing football because even though the Bears do have the cap space and the high draft picks that they have, his top three receivers were ruled out and his fourth one got hurt on the first drive. And right now, like, he doesn't know what's going to happen in the draft. For all we know, like we might not find a trade partner. Everyone's talking about Bears trade down, trade down from number two. There might not be a team that wants to trade up to that spot enough to do that. Or the Bears might get someone that they don't like a deal with and they stay there. So you don't know. Mm-hmm. They might they might just have to settle, quote unquote, settle for a blue chip player that's going to be Will Anderson or Jalen Carter. But like he, <laughs> there, there is no certainty of like going forward. Clay, Chase Claypool is good. He's not A.J. Brown. He's not. Tyree Kill, not even close, not even in the same atmosphere, right? But I don't know. I talent is talent, and Justin Fields still remains like a top ten talent in the NFL. Obviously, with his legs, he's he's the best runner at the quarterback position in football right now. His accuracy still stands. It's just a matter of he. It's hard to trust what he's seeing and hard to trust what's going on around him because his old line is banged up and they're bad anyway. His receivers are bad anyway and they're banged up. So it's just – I mean, he's got so much on his shoulders right now. And wins are not a QB stat. Wins nope. are not a QB stat, never have been, mm-hmm. never will be. So the fact that, you know, you could say what you three won three games. They're in every game. Every single game Justin Fields plays in, the Bears are in it and they have a chance yes. to win. And just look at the scores. That's how it is. That's how it's been. And it's funny because, like, again, you know, you have all these people who are dismissive of that, right? Or dismissive of, well, who cares if they're in every game if they're not pulling them out in the end and all those things. And it's those exact people who this summer are going to look back at those games when they think about their projections for what the team can be in 2023, right? When you realistically are entering June and July and we do an episode of, okay, the schedule comes out, what what are we going to predict their record to be? You're going to reference, hey, with all these guys out they kept it within five against the 12 and one, you know, at the time, Philadelphia Eagles, mm. you know, you're going to reference, Hey, you know, uh, you lost because of a pass interference missed call against the dolphins. You lost because of a missed extra point against the lions. You lost because you got a guy, uh, you know, a fish string wide receiver fumbling the football against the Minnesota Vikings. You lost two games because Valus Jones jr. Can't catch a punt, right? Like all these different things is Jake Hassan finally gets off the damn train and has, has entered the chat here. Uh, hello, Jake. Our war against the CTA continues to. You don't uh, listen. A- you don't listen. I try to tell can, you. Can, I'm not. I'm not doing this with you. I'm not. Doing I try this to tell you. you. Um, I try. Yeah, I would have taken the red line and then had to freeze my ass off waiting for the brown line anyway. So, you know, where where's if some, so facto, I would have been screwed regardless. Where's some long johns? You know, I, I wear my Nike long johns every day. Every day, it keeps me warm. Every hey, single all day. Right, where are we at? Where so we, at? we were just. So there's a couple questions. Yeah, uh, I asked Kellen. Um, and I'll ask okay. them to you. Given who was on each sideline on Sunday and the, the playmakers that Justin Fields had to throw to versus the playmakers that Jen Hurts had to throw to and the offensive lines for each side, was 
Justin Fields the better quarterback on Sunday with context and consideration? I feel like it's an unfair question to ask simply because of the fact of just the horrific situation that Justin Fields was in from the get-go. I mean, you make one pass to Equinomia St. Brown, who's your 4-3-4 as it is in this scenario. Darnell Mooney's already out. He leaves the game immediately with a concussion mm-hmm. after making a, a nice catch, a long, a chunk yeah. play. And then he immediately leaves, leaves the game. Alex Leatherwood rotates in for a little bit. He stinks, so he gets out of the game. Yeah, Bills Jones Jr., I am out on that guy. Fire that guy into the XFL. Don't need to see him <laughs> ever again. Tevin Jenkins, your best offensive lineman, leaves the game with a neck injury. Thankfully, he's okay, and he'll be all right. Cody Whitehair is playing hurt, which we just found out, and he his season might be over now with a knee injury. Justin Fields has 0.0 seconds, basically, for to make any kind of play happen, and he's throwing to Byron Pringle and Cole Komet, and that's basically it. And, I mean, credit to Justin Fields. A lot of those times, he was able to get away. He was able to make something out of nothing, especially with his legs, which we predicted would happen in this game because of the lack of receiving threats. And, I mean, Hassan Reddick is no joke. He's a, he's a really, really good pass rusher. He, and the Eagles' defensive front, they're, they've built it in the trenches. You've been hearing it all season long. That what's make, that's what makes them an elite team. In the trenches, they're built defensively and offensively. And Justin Fields, yeah, he went down six times, which is their most since week two, I think, against Green Bay. Got sacked six times, not to mention the million quarterback hits he took that weren't sacks. But he stays up. He stays healthy. Thank God, somehow, unbeknownst to me. But I think if you want to say who was the better quarterback, um, I would say if you're walking away from that game, Justin Fields impressed you more as an objective viewer, probably. And I'll say that only because of the singular play that the 39-yard scramble that he got away from Sun Reddick. Just because of that play, really, is what leaves you walking away. Because Jalen Hurts was underwhelming. He threw two interceptions. He had only had three coming into this game. There's something like three or four. Against a Bears defense. Against a Bears secondary that is so far depleted. It's one of the worst units in the league right now. Granted, Jaquan Brisker and Kyler Gordon came back. And Kyler Gordon, I mean, that was his breakout party. Hope we can see more of that over the next three games. But Jalen Hurts was not impressive. And that's why you saw his MVP odds tumble. And obviously now we learn that he has a shoulder sprain. And that is obviously why that happened more. But that injury didn't happen until later in the game. And near the end of the game, really. And Jalen Hurts was only in the game because his poor play up to that point had kept the Bears in the game. And obviously Justin Fields' good play was part of that, especially with his legs, as I mentioned. But I think if you came into that game, once again, you walked away impressed by Justin Fields because he still was able to make plays with his legs, become the third 1,000-yard rusher in NFL history. We know all about that. But the touchdown throw to Byron Pringle, scramble on his feet, eyes downfield, great. The throw to Equinomia St. Brown for a chunk play to start the game, great. Just the uh, throw, the touchdown throw to David Montgomery. Yeah, a really nice good play angle, as well. Yeah. A nice play call as well. Credit to Luke Getzey for that. So to end my couple-minute rant here, you walked away impressed by Justin Fields again, which we were worried about given that how depleted this team was, how elite the Eagles have been, and that Justin Fields has been dealing with his own injuries and such and was getting hit all day. So you walked away once again impressed by Justin Fields, and you walked away being like, all right, this dude can play against elite competition because who's he played lately? The Packers, who stink and are clinging to their playoff lives. The Falcons, who are just god-awful. You know, teams like that. And so you walked away being like, okay, he can step up against elite competition. Yeah, the numbers, the passing stats don't look super gaudy, and they don't look great on paper. But if you watched the game, you saw mm-hmm. a guy who kept you in that game and was the reason you only lost by one score. 
You're right. And, and honestly, you know, what I feel like don't gets talked doesn't get talked about enough as, as it pertains to Justin Fields, at least on a national level, is just like how gritty this guy is and, and just yep. how much of a grinder he is. Like this guy went to the locker room, was dealing with I I I assume it was just a cramp. It seemed like just a cramp. I don't know if he had strained his hamstring or anything. You know, they're they're working on stretching him out. Went to the locker room, comes out the next drive, immediately coming out of the locker room, you know, goes on a touchdown drive and throws that, you know, touchdown pass to Baron Pringle. And this is something we've known about Justin Fields since college, ever since, you know, the rib injury against Clemson and throwing the, you know, four touchdowns after after that injury. Um, but he's proven to do that. And, like, these are qualities. And, and quite frankly, I see these qualities not just in him but uh, in the entire team. Like, you know, this is a game that they easily could not have gotten up for. Right, you're playing the best team in the league. It's a cold effing day at home. It was so easy for that Bears team to roll over and die. You Season's know what I mean? Lost. Season's lost. You have nothing to play for. The team on the other side of the field is playing for the number one seed in the NFC. And yeah, there's the argument that they were trying to look past you because they're focusing on Dallas next week for that critical NFC East matchup. But nonetheless, Iberflus got his guys to play. They played their asses off. You saw some guys like Jalen Jones make plays all day. You know, an undrafted rookie who had a struggle, you know, early on in the season. I know Kellen texted me. He thought Jalen Jones had a good day. Uh, obviously, Kyler Gordon, DeAndre Houston Carson comes up with the interception. I actually thought the pass rush looked better than, than weeks past, surprisingly. Well, it wasn't great, but it looked better against an offensive line that's by far Signs the best of in the league. Signs of life, right? It was my bold prediction. You know, you didn't, I don't think my bold prediction came true. I don't think they called Dominique Robinson's name on the broadcast. Uh, but you heard some other names. You heard Armand Watts, and I think somebody got in there for a sack. And that was a game Joe where Thomas. Jack Sanborn, Joe Thomas, Jack Sanborn went down in the first quarter, and and you and and you saw these things. So you know, I just I just feel like that needs to be talked about more. Again, we're talking so much about yeah, well, the Bears, you know, are, are so close as we should. I just was telling Kez, Ab, uh, Kellen, as we should, we're going to reference these things in the summer that the Bears are keeping all these games close against good teams. And I honestly expect them to keep it close against Buffalo on uh, Christmas Eve, where they're supposed to get like. Eight inches of snow here in Chicago on on Thursday night, if Friday not night, if not more. Um, so you know that that could go anyway. But I, I Cal, I'll throw this to you. I, I just feel like I just feel like that should be talked about more. Like the Bears are coming into every game with energy. They're coming into every game fighting. And Jake and I talked about it last week. You hadn't seen that since 2018 under Matt Nagy. So it's a testament to the players and it's a testament to Matt Eberflus. And I think that's a, an important thing to notice when you talk about the foundation of this team. I think it's I think it's mostly a testament to Matt Eberflus mm-hmm. um, because it's hard to get a team to keep going in a cold city um, in a throwaway season in a season where a lot of guys know that they're probably not going to be around. That's you know a what good I mean? point. Like a lot of these guys like know that, or at least maybe they are aware and feel that they need to be better because they feel like they can be replaced. Guys like Nikhil Harry, you know, obviously who got you know, a lot of guys who who aren't playing. Nikhil Harry and EQ St. Brown, Byron Pringle, like all these guys are playing to stick on a roster, whether that's here or somewhere else. So, you know, for them to kind of keep going right now and know that their future is probably not with the Bears, even a guy like David Montgomery, who, you know, his future mm-hmm. is up in question. He continues to play really well in all facets of being a running back. Um, I think that's just a testament to, to Matt Nagy and uh, Matt Eberflus, right? Because Oh, just, my yeah, I did God. It. I, I apologize. Um, but Blues, I think, has done a really good job uh, of just being a football coach, of just being a football guy. You know what I mean? So, football. Well, that was something football we guy. talked about, and that, and to your point of a lot of these guys don't know they're going to be around next year. That's something for them to play for. That's something for them to be like, all right, I got to earn that next contract. I mean, me and Kevin talked about that last week. A lot of these guys who are on one-year deals 
are like, well, crap, I can't sit back and just be like, all right, I'm going to mail it in. These guys are playing for contracts next year, whether to come back to Chicago or go on somewhere else and latch onto another team. They want to be like, all right, I got to make it. I got to make another team. This isn't over. I'm not guaranteed a spot here or anywhere next year. So I will say this game showed what the potential for the bears is. They're responding to the coaching clearly uh, to your guys' both points that they're not going to roll over and die, which is good. But the thing is when you start a game with that kind of momentum, with a takeaway, an easy one too, especially from a rookie who you haven't really seen play well Mm -hmm. up to this point, there's been flashes, but when he does it to that against a guy who generally is taking care of the ball all year, now you hit the ground running and yeah, the game didn't go your way. And yeah, the game ended up with a loss, which I mean, for us is a moral victory. That's what you want at this point in the season, lost season. We're trying to get that number two pick, obviously great, but it showed that the potential is there. And that once you start to put things around this team, both on offense and defense, we talk about the offense for weeks and weeks and weeks now. But the defense, too. I mean, you get – I mean, Jack Sam Bourne is a nice player. I think he has a starting role, but I think it's a role. If you get another star linebacker or a Pro Bowl caliber linebacker next to Jack Sanborn, I think that could be really solid. I think Jack Sanborn could be like the Adrian Amos equivalent of, of my, the linebacker position. And then, obviously, you like what the trajectory that Brisker's on. Once Eddie Jackson's back, he was playing better. Um and flashes of his old self or that superstar level. So there's pieces. And Jalen Johnson played really well, I thought, too. I mean, no, oh, the yardage totals don't show it, but Jalen Johnson played really well as well. Um, and he said all the right things after the game. So it shows you that there is a path here next year for the Bears if they make the right moves. Now, that's all predicated on that. That's a big yeah. if. And we've seen the Bears in previous regimes all across our lifetime, all three of us, whiff on this part. But I like Poles. I think he's made the right moves so far. And for the most part, the most part, he's pressed the right buttons. But if you do well in this offseason, you are, there's a road for contention and there's a road to relevance. Maybe not Super Bowl contention, but relevance and playoff contention. And you can be in the picture. So things like that give you hope. And you can hang with teams like, to, I mean, to Kevin Lapka's point, and he was all over it, you hung with possibly the best team. And the NFC for all of that game. I and mean, there was a real path during this game where I tweeted, what the hell is happening right now? Where it, it looked like you were going to win that game. Jalen yeah. Hurts looked awful. He looked terrible. And Justin Fields, you saw, like he had that look in his eye, like, oh, there's a, there's a way here. I, I can bury <laughs> these guys. And even when he went out with cramps, and I know we were all holding our breath then too, like, oh God, please just be cramps. Mm-hmm. And after the game, he said, I didn't do an IV before the game because it was too damn cold. I'm not going to make that mistake again. Good. Um, but he wanted to come back in. He didn't even want to walk off the field. He's like, stretch me out, stretch me out, let's go, let's go. And then Brandon Peterman gets in there on third and 14, almost throws Nathan an interception Peter. on his only pass of the day. Because of course he did, because he's Brandon Peterman. But Nathan Peter, there were a lot Brandon of silver Peter. linings. Exactly. There were a lot of silver linings from that game, despite the million injuries, despite the you know kind of petering out at the end. But you made Jalen Hurts uncomfortable. You gave the Philadelphia Eagles a game. And Justin Fields played, once again, a really encouraging game. And I think that all is said a lot. And I think it shows a lot about the coaching staff that I know people are going to be like, Oh, well, should they sit Justin Fields at the last game? They're not going to do that. He's not that type of guy. And I think this coaching staff has shown they're not that type of staff. 
so here's a couple of things. You, you said, you know, it was revealing for you. And we talked about last episode, Jake, we said, this is, this is the discovery phase, right? You know, you, you're looking, you know, obviously you're not, you want, you want to see your team win. You know, I think it would have been fun if they won that game. Like I, I do, you know, I don't, yeah, the number two draft pick looks nice, but I think that would have been a fun game to win. Uh, but you know, you're looking for which guys we talked about it are going to be on the roster next year. What, what do you have out of these, you know, younger guys, the discovery phase. And I think we learned a lot from this game, both on offense uh, and defense. And, you know, I, I think we learned, you know, the, the number one thing for me was I tweeted out, I said, I literally tweeted out during the game. I was like, this team is going to be a Super Bowl contending team next year. Like, I just, I, I think that that was, you know, one of the main storylines, just again, the way they played and, and seeing some of the way the young players played. But I'm learning that Ryan Pohl's first draft class might have been like a C, mi- a C minus. Like, I, oh, I, I don't think maybe you can not. say that at all. I, it's top I don't heavy. Think you can it's say top that heavy because Kylie Gordon and, and Jaquan Brisk will be really good. But outside of those two guys, like Braxton, Braxton Jones, Jones will, be, will be fine. He'll be fine. I don't think. I think. I, I think I, those I, three things alone give you like a solid B. Especially maybe you didn't have a first rounder and you had to trade back multiple times yeah. just to get picks. I mean, yeah, yeah you, just, you whiffed on Vilas Jones Jr. You did. You whiffed. And trust that, that was an that was an that was an unnecessary swing to take to try and hit a home run with your first offensive pick. But I mean, for the most part, I mean, Brisker's going to be a pro bowler. Kyler Gordon, if he continues to play like he did on Sunday against the Eagles, he'll be a he's going to continue to ascend. Yeah. And he'll be a pro bowler. And Brexton Jones, he might be the next Charles Lino where he's not a pro bowler. He doesn't <sighs> dazzle you, but he's really solid and you can rely on. I think that's a really good class for your first class. Cause all yeah. things considered. I know you're right. The you're position right. you were in. You're right. I won't get a C minus. I think the only again the, when I, when I think about how the Bears approach the offseason this year, right? And we've already talked about the limitations that are available when it comes to wide receiver, right? Because Kellen already referenced it. You know, if you look at the draft order, your your options to trade down are slowly are, are slowly dwindling with kind of the way things are shaking out right now. Like there's I don't like I don't know if you'll get a great deal from anyone, and even if you do, it won't be for a team that has a first round pick this year. So you know we'll we'll see what happens, but. Just, I think that that pick was really critical. Like, I think in that moment of time, that that third round pick to hit on that at, at wide receiver was really, really critical. And it just can, and like, maybe he's a great, maybe he's great at defensive, at drafting offensive linemen, which is great, right? That that was supposed to be his strength. He's supposed to come in. He says, we're going to build through the trenches. He has experience as an offensive lineman. He knows how to evaluate that position. And clearly he might know how to evaluate, you know, the secondary as well. But when it comes to skill players, like two ginormous misses in Valus Jones Jr. and Tristan Ebner. Like, Tristan Ebner will not be on this team next year, and I'm not 100% Valus Jones Jr. will, if I'm being entirely honest. I know that sounds batshit crazy, cool. but no, he I hasn't provided you. you with anything, even as a returner. Like, we thought maybe he'll flex into this role where he's just your Cordero Patterson now. You know, Cordero Patterson, that, Minnesota that Cordero was, Patterson. But That was Valus Jones Jr. biggest opportunity to carve himself out 100%. a role in this offense going forward, even if not next year, for the rest of the year, and to get reps. And he beefed it. He, he bricked it completely. He bricked it immediately. So immediately. So uh, yeah. immediately. Was that his I've first touch seen, of the game, too? I've never seen. No, he had one three-yard rush prior to that. But he had. I've never seen anyone brick a job so spectacularly and so quickly ever. <laughs> ever. Uh, uh, and yes. it's like. And Matt Eberflus after the game is throwing him under the bus, he saying was. that he's got to be better and that he's not good at his job. This guy's done. He can't play. To quote our king, Stephen A. Smith, <laughs> he's a bona fide scrub. He can't play. Get him out. Get him to the XFL. Get him to the <laughs> AAF. 
Get him in the USFL. I don't want to see this guy anymore. He stinks. It's it's and, and you know, Kellen, I'll, I'll ask you this in a second. I, I think it's unfortunate because look, I, I can forgive a guy for fumbling the football. I like it, like that happens all the time. Sure. But when that was your only opportunity and you're doing nothing else outside of that, like you're you're not spectacular in the return game. You're not you know catching the ball outside of. I think that wasn't that an end around anyway, or or some sort of yeah. something like right? Like it wasn't pass, even yeah. a, a, a has he even caught a pass this year? That's not an end around. I don't know. Um, but uh, uh Kellen, are you legitimately concerned? It's been one draft class, but are you at all concerned about? Ryan Poe's ability to draft skill players. No, he just Why? but he, he I don't because you can still count Jaquan Brisker and Kyler Gordon as skill players. And those no, offensive skill players. But true. It's um, hard to hit on every pick. Yeah. And I mean Tristan Ebner was a sixth round pick. Like those guys don't stick on rosters that long that often. You know what I mean? So like it is what it is. Um yeah, I still, you know, Kevin, we're going to be optimistic. And when it happened, we were optimistic. But looking back, would you rather have Chase Claypool or would you rather have the 33rd pick of this year's draft? Oh, my God. I think it's uh, now I think it's unfair question to ask right now, if I'm being honest. I, be, be, yeah, you're saying that because we lost the trade is what it's looking like right now. We lost the trade as of right now. Yes. As of right now, we lost the trade. A hundred percent. And you know what's going to happen is they're going to graphics are going to be made for the next ten years of whoever that yeah. number thirty three overall yeah. pick was. It's going to be like, it's going to be like Josh Downs, and Josh Downs is going to have a Hall of Fame career. That's what it's going to be. <laughs> that's that's just what it's going to be, man. Steelers now, granted, Josh Downs, granted, there's a lot of time. Yards. There's a lot of time for that. Like, if Chase Claypool comes back next year and plays really well, then we'll be we'll forget all about it. And, That's what and I yeah, mean. Well, it sucked to not have a high-end guy on a rookie deal for Justin Fields. Sure. But it, maybe Ryan Poles jumped the shark and he got you know, a little bit ahead of yeah. himself and said, yeah. let me get Justin Fields as he's ascending right now, a little bit more help in the immediate. Yeah, maybe that could have happened. Um, but, you know, I, I'm willing to overlook that. Let's wait until he gets a full draft class and then I'll pass judgment. Yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm not, I, I, I do, I, I love Ryan Poles overall because I think his philosophy of the way he's building this team is really, really smart, yeah. and I think what he's going to do this offseason is good. But it's just, it's a little concerning. And when you think about, okay, well, why would they make that trade? Maybe part of it, and this is just pure speculation. That's probably reaching too far. It's like part of it, he knows that he missed on Vegas Jones Jr., so he had this idea of, hey. I'm going to go out and get a guy who's established where there really shouldn't be much risk because he's proven himself in the league. He's proven to be a valuable asset where, you know, he doesn't have to take a risk because every draft prospect is a risk. No matter how good or how bad, you never know. You just never know. There's guys who have more risk versus less risk, but it's always a risk versus a guy who's been in the league, who's had, you know, an 800-yard season twice, who's had, you know, nine touchdowns his rookie year, right? Like you, you, you thought at least, and I think you still will see that, Chase Claypool has that floor. He's guaranteed to be a good player for your team, right? Instead of completely whiffing on a guy in the second round. And it, you know, he he probably should have known that they would end up closer to the end of that or to the start of that second round. You know, he probably should at the time the pick but was we were around optimistic like 42. Too. You, you think adding Chase Claypool adds wins to your team. So correct. That that's that's you know, and it just didn't happen. And again, this where it goes back to a lot of those games like where like in the Dolphins game, if that flag gets thrown and you know, hindsight twenty twenty again, the Bears win that game, you're like, oh, Chase Claypool, we got a deep threat. 
you know, and he caused a pass interference, and that's why we got a good right. position and scored. I, I I get it. It's just you know now looking back, it's a little rich for us. Maybe what maybe we overpaid, but I mean, it is what it is. Dude, I I think Ryan Poles is a good evaluator. I think Ryan Poles has done a good job of salvaging whatever you know we can make this team right now with all the dead cap and the lack of free agents. And I'm sure that he reached out to other teams trying to get Judy, trying to get Elijah Moore, trying to get, you know, all the other guys we talked about. But, you know, shit happens. Shit does happen. Uh, I had a question for you guys or a little point here. So do you have anything else on the game? Because I want to start to – I want to go into some draft things real quick, unless you had any other noticeable things from the game you guys want to point out. Anything any jump out to you? Any specific player performances or anything? Oh, here's one thing. Carol Santos is not the kicker of the Chicago Bears in 2023. He's not. Yeah, he I'm sorry. He, he doesn't stink, but he, he he's has not no power. He has he's no washed. He's washed. He's washed. Yeah. He that's can't fine. kick through the wind. That's why. I I mean, if that's the reason you're losing games, that's easily correctable. Fine. If Justin Fields isn't yeah. losing you games, sign, sign in blood, dude. Sign me up. Yeah, I mean, it was funny. The the doink came back in Bears Eagles at Soldier Field. It wasn't a double doink, but it was a doink. I thought that you was kind of interesting. You can't hurt me anymore. The statute of limitations expired on that. It has. But anything else? What do, what do you got? Anything else you got from that game before we turn to some draft talk? No, Jake already talked about it, but uh, Alex Otherwood is still bad. He stinks. Yeah. He's still bad, which is unfortunate. Um, yeah, I mean, it's you wish you had found a diamond in the rough. But, oh, buddy, when the Raiders are cutting you after being their first round pick, that's tough. Um, I, I kind of want to segue us to the draft talk because Kevin, you made a statement uh, not too long, a couple minutes ago, that about how it's looking like there are teams that won't want to draft up. Your yes. draft prospects are looking a little more grim. I don't agree with that because mm. there are plenty of teams who are still. I mean, let's think of it this way: there's three quarterbacks that people are going to want to draft in the top ten. Let's say top seven. It's going to be Stroud. Young and Levis, we uh, because people are going to panic and want Levis. Well, what about Anthony point, Richardson? He might he might get into that first round conversation. Callum, what do you? Th- but but like at the end of the first round, no. It, it depends on how desperate a team is and how, you know, going back. You never know with an NFL team. Teams are weird. I do think Anthony Richardson is a damn good quarterback though, um, and he's not the project. Well, let's put it this way: to make him to be. Well, let's put it there. There's three guys that we know are going to sure. go in the top. Sure. There's Absolutely. three guys we know. And if somebody panics for Richardson in the top 15, so be it. But there's three guys in the top seven that we know. It's Stroud, Young, and uh, Levis. Young is going to Houston at number one. So then you're stuck with – not stuck with, but Stroud and Levis then for the rain picks. I mean, Seattle needs a quarterback. I don't think Detroit's going to run it back with tiny hands golf again. That'd be kind oh, of you're, crazy I- in my – uh, they might, they might, but I don't think it's a given. I don't think it's 100% certainty that they will. Because if, I mean, if Goff goes out there and Lambo in week 18 fighting for a playoff spot and him and his tiny hands beef it, they might move on. You know, they, they might. I don't know. I'm not saying that they will. It's a possibility. But Seattle, because Geno Smith has really cratered, I, I think it's clear that he's not the answer for like long term. And similar, I don't think Goff's the answer long term. He might be, but still, even regardless. Indianapolis definitely needs a quarterback. Atlanta definitely needs a quarterback. Carolina definitely needs a quarterback. So there's five right there that are behind you. And if there's only two guys available, do you think any of them are going to sit there and just be like, all right, let's hope. Let's wait. 
Let's see what happens. You don't think out of any of those teams, especially if Chris Ballard doesn't get fired with Indianapolis at six, that seat's going to be blazing hot. And he's and he's going to be like, I need a quarterback. I can't do this thing with another washed up guy that I pick up off the street. I can't do the Carson Wentz thing again. I can't do the Matt Ryan thing again. I got to get a guy. So you think, and granted, Chris Ballard might get fired at the end of the day. I don't know. But if he's not, he's going to be desperate. I mean, Atlanta, they're showing that they're a scrappy team and they can play a little bit. And they might just be a quarterback and a couple pieces away. So they might be feeling like, okay, we might just be one guy away. And regardless, like, again, Seattle and Detroit are in that mix. Carolina, they've been scrappy too. Yeah, down they're, the stretch they're in that here mix. With Sam Darnold. So yeah. they might be in a position where, like, all right, they, so there's teams right there where Indy, Atlanta, and Carolina alone might be trying to jump each other. Arizona probably probably won't take a quarterback. I don't know. No, it no, seems no, like, no, they, no, like no, they're, no, no, no. they're tied to Kyler with all that money they paid him. But even when you take Seattle and Detroit out of it, there's still three teams that are going to be fighting for two quarterbacks, and that might be desperate to move up high enough where they get their pick and they don't try to just leave it up to chance. Mm-hmm. Might be. Not saying it's given. Not saying it's 100%. But given how we see quarterbacks go – and given how we see teams operate in the draft, especially <laughs> I'm not saying the Bears are the smartest franchise in the world, but the Panthers signed Matt Rule for God's sake. You know, like the Colts signed Jeff Saturday to be their interim with no previous experience. We're like, that's where we're at. Atlanta, they, I think they might be a little more well-run than those two, but I mean, the other two, God help us all. So I don't think it's a non-zero chance. I think it's closer to a coin flip that one of those teams – Especially Indianapolis. If I think if Indianapolis doesn't fire Chris Ballard, he's going to be like, "Yes, let's do it. I need one of these guys," and then we're right there. I agree. I just see I'm on the other side of the coin when it comes to Seattle and Detroit. I think Detroit's going to be completely content with keeping Jared Goff. Like we know this is an apt franchise. They might, be. They might be. and they're going to oh 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 one in six, and you and you brought us back seven to seven. And if they sneak into the play, if they sneak into the playoffs, it's a lock that he stays. In my opinion. Um, and, you sure. know, they, they might say, hey, awesome. you know, again, you know, points per game. We're, we're top five in the NFL. Our defense is terrible. Let me, let me ask but, you this. What, yeah. if, what if Detroit takes Levis? Because he seems to be more like people are like, oh, his physical attributes, he might not be immediately ready for the NFL. I would what if they that. take – what if they want Levis? And they say, all right, Jared, it's your job still, and we'll have a competition, but it'll be your job. Yeah, and then never once go he starts well. to play poorly again – no, it never does, but, I mean, it's the Detroit Lions. Yeah. I, it's possible, Kellen. You don't like Will Levis. You don't think he's no. no. See Zach Will. Shades There's of Zach a lot of people Will. that don't. There's a lot of people that don't like Will Levis. There are there are a lot, and, it, and that's why. So that's part of the reason why I think it's interesting, right? And, and God, we go to Ohio. I went to sorry, I went to Ohio State. Kellen goes to Ohio State. See, not for much drafts, longer. Not for much yeah, longer. You're almost there, my guy. You're almost there. Um, winter break right now for you. But uh, am I wrong when I say CJ Stroud's draft prospect is sort of? I wouldn't say tanking, but it's fall. Uh, draft it's prospect. in his hands. It is, yeah, it, it, it's falling. Him and him it's and not. Bryce Young at the beginning of the season. I mean, there were a lot of people who had Stroud quarterback one. Myself, one hundred percent. And obviously, being you know the fan and employee that I am, you know that's my guy. But you mm-hmm. know, I think the NFL is veering toward Bryce Young being quarterback one. But again, I mean, mm-hmm. Stroud is the one that has a chance to play in the two biggest games left in the season. He has a, he is that's a true best, point. The best defense in America. Um, and then he might have, you know, if he plays well enough in that, he might have a shot to play, you know, a Danny. revenge game in, in, in what could be, you know, depend if Team Up North wins, it will be the biggest college football game 
ever, ever. on that state. You know <laughs> what I mean? So, um, yeah, he's got a chance to play himself into number two, probably not number one, but maybe. So we'll see. I, I just think it's not it's not it's not intriguing enough for some of these teams to give up that many assets. When you look at you know you talk about Indianapolis, Carolina, let's say it's Carolina at eight, you know. Are you willing to give up that much to get up to like getting up to two is all right? I mean, the Bears traded from what like eighteen? What what were they at they, to get up to eleven? What what were they 20. at? Which it was 20, 20 to eleven. Twenty. Like that's not that's nine spots, but those are nine spots there in the first round. Like a haul to move up to number two in the draft. Like if you're it Ryan was nine Poles, spots to draft Justin Fields too. You know, right? Who's a better prospect than both Bryce Young? One hundred percent. Go ahead. Go ahead. I, you're no, you're exactly right. It's just like, are you going to give up that much more to move up, you know, say five, six spots to get a guy that isn't the same prospect as, you know, Justin Fields was, isn't the same prospect as any of those guys in their draft were, you know, they're the best in this class, but this class, you know, my opinion is probably not as talented as that is, is the 2021 class. But so that, that's why I'm, I, I would say it's a little, I, it's a little less intriguing than used to be. But the other reason I say that is because my ideal situation was always to try and get a trade with Seattle and Detroit so that you could get a second first round pick, right? Because those are the two teams in the first round who need a quarterback who have second round, uh, who have two first round picks. So you could somehow end up getting a Will Anderson and a Jalen Carter somehow. Like, say if the. Whoa, uh, that's not happening. There's well, no way. Well, say, say Detroit wants. There's no way. Say Detroit wants to take a uh, a quarterback and they move up with you at two and you end up at five. There's some sort of outside chance that that could happen if Arizona just does something stupid and takes Paris Johnson or something. You know, like it, it, it's possible. Which and I don't think Paris Johnson is bad. I love that guy. Great guy. Got a ton of times. Skronsky. Right. You know, uh, so you could get five from Detroit and then get 18 and get Jacksonville and Jigba. I'm just saying it's not out of the realm of possibility, but I'm also less – I just don't think that the, the Seahawks or the Detroit Lions are going to take a quarterback in the draft. So, that, so that, that's where I'm at with that. Um, but I also, you know, I also want to say really quick that – and we may, and we have fun on the show. Uh, Don Burr in the chat saying that the Lions are going to move up to second – or the Rams are going to lose – and that they'll end up, the Lions will end up with the second or third pick and then get Jalen Carter or Will Anderson ahead of the Bears. The Rams are one win ahead of the Bears. The Bears have three wins, the Rams have four. So unless you admit that the Bears are going to beat the Bills or your beloved Lions or the Vikings and that the Rams lose out, mm-hmm. you're you're not picking ahead of the Bears. And I mean, that's just fact, that is mathematical factual. I'm not taking a shot at you. I'm not saying anything like that is factual information. The, the Rams are, regardless of tonight's result, a win ahead of the Bears. And the Rams still have the Broncos and the Seahawks. So I, I all all like all seriousness, more power to you, but I would not expect the Lions to jump in that Rams pick to even if the Vikings rest their starters and the Bears beat them, you're tied with the Rams. And the Rams will probably beat the Broncos or the Seahawks. You really think the Rams aren't gonna beat the Broncos? The Broncos are one of the worst teams I've ever seen in my life. So <laughs> Legitimately, the the odds that the Rams jump the Bears in the draft mathematically are not high. It might happen, and I might look like an idiot. That's fine, and you can continue to dance on my grave if you had for the last three weeks. Great, more power to you. Just mathematically, right now, it's not looking great for you. That's all I'm saying. Um, and you might still get Will Anderson or Jalen Carter, whichever one the Bears don't take. But also, it's the Lions, and they might take a quarterback. I I don't know. Like that's the thing with all this. When we look ahead to the draft with three games left, like. 
the Bears with their loss yesterday locked in a top four pick. That's great. We do love to see that. That's what we've been rooting for. If they lose out. Wait, they locked in a what? Say that again. Top four? Even if they win another game, the worst they can do is four. If they win one more. Okay. If they even if they win one more, which I mean, you have the Bills and the Lions and the Vikings. they're going to beat the Lions so, actually. But okay. I mean, I don't know, but I, I'm not going to get certain people in the comments riled up about that. But <laughs> it's just you're a top four pick, regardless. It, you're likely going to lose out. It, it, that's what it's looking like, and so you're probably. And if you lose one more. If you lose to the Bills this week, or if one of those other teams that are right behind you win another game, you walk into top three. So you're right there. But we still have to play the game, still have to see how it shakes out. There might be tiebreakers involved. But right now, you're sitting pretty with the second overall pick, and that puts you, regardless of what we're talking about, you finish with that second overall pick as it stands right now, and you're in a major position of power. Whether you want to hang out of the pick Beautiful. and take Jalen Carter or Will Anderson or not, I would if they stand pat at two, and they take Will Anderson or Jalen Carter. I'm happy as a fucking clam. I'm going to bed. I'm, I'm fucking going to bed. Honk, shoe, honk, shoe, dude. I'm sleeping great that night if they take one of those two guys. Fine by me. If they want to trade, fine. I'll put my trust in polls regardless. But you are in one of the best positions to be in in the NFL for a team that is trying to acquire talent because you get to look down upon everyone else below you and say, all right, who wants to give me the most? I don't like any of these offers. Cool. I'll take a guy that's a building block on defense. I agree with you. Kellen, if the season ended tomorrow, or say the draft was tomorrow, what would you do if you were Ryan Poles? Take Jalen At number two. Why? Yep. Because he's a hell of a fucking... Because did you see what he did to (laughs) JT Daniels? Because did you see what he did to that man? Yeah. He he is... um, we are seeing what interior pressure does in the NFL mm-hmm. now with guys like Quinn Williams and Jonathan Allen, um, you know, the name, you know, and Fletcher Cox has been a great interior presence for forever. And there are guys like um, Gerald McCoy in the past um, and Geno Atkins and what Gino, uh, DJ. Yeah, yes. Uh, Jalen Carter is probably going to be the guy that, he might change the mold going forward of what we value in the NFL. Will Anderson is great. Will Anderson and Jalen Carter are like neck and neck, you know, in my opinion. Um, But Jalen Carter is a guy that I think will change the way we view interior defensive linemen and interior offensive linemen going forward. I still think that tackles will be valued super high um, and higher than guards, but there will be a moment where, you'll start to value guys like Quentin Nelson who are not Quentin Nelson because you don't take a guy who's not Quentin Nelson at guard at where the Colts took him. Right. But there will be guys who aren't that good because there will be guys like Jalen Carter, Quentin Williams in the NFL. So I take Jalen Carter. Okay. Well, the, the resident draft expert has spoken. So <laughs> that's uh, it's interesting. I mean, I don't know. I'm just, I'm just, again, this is a Jalen like, Carter show now. Yeah, apparently it is. Here we are, he's the Jalen really Carter show. There, he he's Very really good. good. He is. I just I'm ner- again. I'll say it again and again and again. If you are not, if you are not, you know, getting a wide receiver in the first round, I, I'm sorry. I think you got to do something. Yeah, I think you got to make a trade for somebody. Whether it's Michael Pittman, sure. whether it's you know, uh, T. Higgins, absolutely. That has to be an alternative. That has to be the alternative because that is the most glaring hole. For me, when it comes to how do you directly help your quarterback and how do you directly, you know, get closer to 
you know, winning the Super Bowl because you're quarterback, right? I, I just that that's that's just where I'm at, and it, it, we just have too much evidence about that with these young quarterbacks in the league now to pass that up. Again, we, we saw it on Sunday. A.J. Brown and Jalen Hurts, that connection single-handedly won them the game. I mean, Jalen Johnson was all over him, and there were just throws that were right in the bucket and catches that just only A.J. Brown can make for that team. Like, it was just, like, that's what every Bears fan wants, and that's what every that's what the Bears need. So I that's the alternative for me if um, if they do end up taking, if they don't trade down, end up taking Jack Sanborn, or, or not sorry, Jalen Carter or Will Anderson. So I'm going to put a Jack Sanborn thing in the chat. Uh, I have this for you before we head out. Um, Pro Bowl returns come in on Wednesday. And the interesting thing about the Pro Bowl is it's a popularity contest. And they put the hashtag on every single Justin Fields highlight, and there's a vote for retweets. What? Well, I, the I fan vote is in. Oh, the fan vote in? in it's confirmed? Yeah. Justin, Justin Fields, Fields finished, He finished ninth. Ninth? Justin Fields fit. Justin Fields finished ninth. Brisker finished sixth. Uh, Curry Bossonier finished tenth among fullbacks, and there was one more who I'm forgetting. There was one more. It might have been Jalen Johnson, but it, it, nobody was inside the top five. I think Jalen Johnson was sixth or something. How the hell? Who the f was above Justin Fields in the? Well, I mean, Pro think Bowl. about it because none of these guys are disqualified yet. So Mahomes, Burrow, oh, Herbert's the league, really likable. The league. Not in the what NFC. He was ninth in the league in returns. Not in the NFC. I think. I think so. I think. Oh well, then that's good. He's going to make the Pro Bowl. Then he's going to make the Pro Bowl because. Yeah. It, what do you think, Kellen? You think I, he makes I the think Bowl? it was the league. yeah. That ninth in the league makes a lot more sense because when Jake said ninth, I was kind of panicking too. Yeah. Uh, Mahomes, Burrow, Josh Allen, Justin Herbert. Those five should all be higher. Mahomes. Um, four. It's a popularity contest. So do you think Brady? Maybe I don't know. Probably. Hurts for sure. Hurts. Hurts. Yep. Hurts. Lamar. Nah. People love Lamar. I know. People love playing. Lamar. Dak, maybe because he's part of the Cowboys. Maybe. Yeah. That'll definitely be part of it. And um, what's the fan return? Like 30% of the overall. 30. It's, thir- it's 30. It's a third fan, a third media, a third uh, players. Players, coaches, I think, something like that. I mean, tell. Just, so, it's, just... so we're at seven. We need one more person. That doesn't fill this up. Ah, uh, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta think who that would be. I gotta look at my teams in the NFL poster. Um, Gino? No, ah, maybe. Um, Gino, possibly. Uh, Kirk Cousins? Yeah, maybe. People love that goofy MF. Yeah, but like that, it, like oh, I, Tua. Tua, 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 Tua. Yeah, it's definitely not Kirk. You know, I again, you know, when it comes to fan voting. Like, uh, it doesn't surprise me that Fields in the top 10. But when you think about uh, the Pro Bowl is different from like the MVP award, where it's not, you know, who's sure. most valuable to your team because Justin Fields might be the most valuable player to his team in the NFC when it comes to most valuable. Fo- hey, it's him or Jalen Hurts when it comes to most valuable to his team. Um, but it's, it's interesting, right? If he's in at least the top four in the NFC from the fan vote, and the whole league has, like, this is this hasn't gone under the radar. Like, Justin Fields, again, has been a national topic since week six, since the Patriots game. There's a highlight every single week. Everyone notices him. He's, you know, playing great football with terrible talent. He's a Pro Bowl quarterback in the NFC. He's a Pro Bowl quarterback in the NFC this year. And it's an absurd thing to say, but I think when the returns come out on Wednesday, I think he's going to 
Hawaii, where the F they have it nowadays. I think I think he's gone. What do we think? Isn't it Orlando now? I don't know. I think it's Orlando. Orlando. Somewhere Hawaii. nice. Somewhere a lot warmer than Chicago is right now. Thanks. When was the last time a Bears quarterback was a pro bowler? Did Jay make it? Mitch. No, Mitch. Mitch, Mitch was a yeah, but as not a reserve. As not a reserve. As just a pure it's got uh, Jay had to have made it in like twenty. 11 when they went to the NFC well, Championship, ju- right? Uh, yeah, Justin has to over the NFC. Yeah, the NFC. I mean, who are the three quarterbacks come out of the NFC to the Pro Bowl? You got Justin Fields, Jalen Hurts, and who's the third? Who, who yeah, would be the third? Gino. Dak, Geno. Yeah, prob- it wouldn't be Dak. Dak has not been great this year. He's not been great. Geno's been bad the last few weeks. Yeah, I mean, I'm not even sure it's in Vegas, according to G-Station. I'm not even sure that Geno's a lock to make it. Kyler obviously Jay fell Cutler off. Jay did not make the Pro Bowl. With Jay Cutler never made the Bears. Pro Bowl. So Rex didn't make in one. 08 when I believe that was when he was with Broncos. The Broncos. Oof, gross. How long has it been? I mean, this is like, a, a, this is, again, aside from Mitch as the reserve, this is like a historical moment for the Bears. You have a Pro Bowl quarterback? <laughs> it's unbelievable. Uh, we'll find out on Wednesday. You know, obviously the pundits and whoever else, I, I don't know what the other 60, 70% of the overall decision comes from. I know it's 30% fan voting. Is it like, I don't know where the other 70% comes from, but it's like those effing pundits are going to vote Kirk Cousins in because the most fraudulent, can we do that? Are they the most fraudulent team in NFL history, the Minnesota yeah, Vikings? Well, oh, yes, fraudulent. and it's not close. Division I don't care not if they particularly close. Away, if not wild card. Division run exit, yeah. 100%. I mean, it's, it's, it's absolutely hilarious. And they're going to sign him to a contract extension this offseason, I think. I think he's Probably. due for one. Um, him and Jay Jettas are going to get the bag, and the Vikings are going to be in hell for years after that. Hell. Cap hell. If you have to pay both Kirk Cousins and Justin Jefferson, and he's a bottom, he's not bottom, he's a lower half quarterback in the NFL. Um, yeah, in a, non, in a non-stunning turn of events, it was McMahon was the last one. In 85. <laughs> Other than Mitch. 37 years that a quarterback yep. has been voted to the Pro Bowl as not a reserve. as just a pure starter. Woo! Love it here. Things are good. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter anymore. I could, right. I could give I mean, a shit about the last 37. Well, no, no, no. I don't say the Pro Bowl votes are nothing. You know, the interesting thing for players, the player's point of view is like, the unfortunate thing about it when it comes to fan voting too is like, these awards determine their legacy. Like, when you look at pro football reference or, or the graphic that's made by the NFL when they retire, like, those numbers are on there. It's like significant, you know, for these guys. So, you know, Eddie Jackson was the leading safety uh, in, in votes. Like the first when the first returns came out, it probably fell off since he got injured. But it'd be cool if he could make it again. I just don't think it's possible. Um, but I imagine he's no only pro- in, injury injury IR takes you out of the running. Because oh, Eddie Jackson right. was tweeting about that. Yeah, he was. That's such a stupid rule. It's a very that's stupid such rule. a stupid rule. Uh, but anyone else can make it. I Trenton Gill. I don't think any other Bears make the pro. Jalen right? maybe Jalen. You think so? He should, but I don't think he will. But he should. I think the problem with Jalen is, again, not enough flash plays, right? Mm-hmm. You know, he had a pass breakup on Sunday, but not enough INTs. Yeah, because he's, not, because he's not – He's not that guy. Diggs getting burned half the Yo. time. The other half, he's making an interception because he's an actual good corner in the NFL. That's what we're doing. Sure. Go okay. off, Kellen. Tell him. Good point. Good, good corners him. don't make flash plays because they don't get thrown at. That's how it works. 
Once upon a time, Tim Jennings was the NFL leader in interceptions for a year with like 11 years. Tim Jennings. So that tells you all you need to know about that. You guys remember that? That was <laughs> yeah, a I crazy year. I was like, oh, where's my I? Tim Jennings jersey? It was crazy. But uh, wasn't that wasn't that the Chris Conti year? Yeah, Ugh. 2012. That's disgusting. That yeah. Mm-hmm. Don't say that, that name. It. Don't say that name. So many oh, forbidden yeah. names in the history of the show. What's more forbidden? Cody Parker, Chris Conn. What's more forbidden? Wait, Conn, what's, more forbidden? what's more forbidden? It's got to be Parky, right? Parky. It's got to be. Yeah. He doinked it four times in a game. Because the Conti one, because Conti at least was like decent for the most part. And you, I mean, you got burned by Aaron Rodgers. Like, <laughs> okay. Like, that happened to a lot of people. Like, I mean, you're a kicker. Yeah, but, but like, just... was it play action? Like, it wasn't even that hard to figure out. No, it was it... bad. It was really bad, but. I cried that night. I was like, that was I cried. That was, was bad. It was the worst day. Because I had so many friends at elementary school who were Packer fans, and I knew I had to the walk into that The 2010 NFC Championship game also made me cry as a Bears fan. That was that tough. Was, that yeah. was pretty hard for me. The injury to Cutler. And even honestly, at the time, even though I was like, I mean, 2010, I was 12, 13. I was like, well, you're down to like your third quarterback. <laughs> like, it's not going to look great. Yeah. I was, that I was, was like, me. you know what? In 12 years, we're going to draft some kid out of Ohio State and everything will be just fine. I, 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 I saw it. I, I saw it. it and in 20, I called it. I knew it. Um, I saw it. And now we're here. And now we're here. Here we are. So. That's all I got. Uh, just be on the lookout for that, Bears fans, when the day Pro Bowl returns come in, and there's a good chance that your quarterback can be there. So that's an interesting Woo! follow. All right. Well, that does it. Another episode of Bears Nation podcast. Shout out to Kevin and Kellen for driving the ship for the first few minutes while I battled publicly with the CTA once again. Um, as always, you, the listeners and the viewers and the commenters, you guys are the best. We appreciate all the feedback all the back and forth during the show. We appreciate all of it. You guys are the best. We appreciate you. We love you. We'll be back on Wednesday to preview this very cold, very snowy Christmas Eve game against the Bills. Will Justin Fields step up to the task against another elite team and another elite quarterback? Come back Wednesday. Find out. We'll discuss it all. And until then, bear down.